there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal! From Lord Bohinen! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores. DPR could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian Roy has headed for his interlead. Whelan. Oh, what a goal from Noel Whelan. No power on it whatsoever. But Saibi has made a horrendous error. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Tony oh. Hassan, no. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin Will He Score. I'm Chris Skull and we are back with another bonus episode, a little preview from the Quickly Kevin fan club. I hope you enjoyed bonus episode week last week. The new series of Quickly Kevin is mere weeks away. We'll be back in October for regular listeners, but Quickly Kevin fan club members will get it a week early in late September with, of course, Sir Gary and Lineker. Now we've got a brand new episode for you today. It's just been released on the Quickly Kevin fan club. It's chapter one of Defender by Steve Bruce and features a substitution. Josh's diary is an absolute nightmare this autumn and coming in in his stead, one of the nation's most noted impressionists, Matthew Ford, Quickly Kevin alumni, a Quickly Kevin legend, will be doing the voices and analysing this sacred text for the first time. So we've got a little bit from chapter one today, which is uh, Defender. But we're going to do another, in the weeks up until the new series, we'll release little excerpts from old bonus episodes weekly until the new series starts and you've got a choice you can pick next week's episode we did this on friday it went very well and these are the three options you've got for next week's episode you can vote by going over to the quickly kevin twitter where we'll pop this poll up at some point later today monday as you're hearing this monday the 4th of september these are the three options you can have a watch along of my summer with des you could have a watch along of born to save the peter shilton story or a watch along of Nick Hancock's Football Nightmares. Choose which of those episodes you're going to get an excerpt from next week. The choice is yours. But of course, if you want to get access to all three of those episodes, plus this full chapter from Defender and every other Quickly Kevin bonus episode we've ever done, of which there are loads and loads, you can sign up for the Quickly Kevin fan club at anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. All right, Matt Ford is here. This is chapter one of Defender. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Chapter one, Defender by Steve Bruce. Here we go. I just noticed, actually, Michael sent through the cover and the opening page, and it's not dedicated to anyone. That's a bit of a shame. Were any of the books dedicated to anyone? No, I don't think <laughs> No. Well, should we take a brief moment, as Fordy's new to this, to sort of just discuss the cover of the book. It does look cheap. I mean, all this screams self-published. I mean, even, and I'm not sure if this is just the version you've got, the dimensions of the front page, the font doesn't look flush to the top of the... The angle's wrong. It looks like it was printed at a wonky angle. That's not a cheap version. That is as published. Good God. <laughs> the first two books, I believe, there's like a cartoon they've paid for an illustrator to illustrate. There's the dead player on the pitch, which actually doesn't feature in the book in the first one. 
The second one is you see old Sam, who's the war criminal, sweeping up, and that's Sweeper. This third one is doesn't appear to be illustrated. It's a weird Photoshop of three different scenes. You have a what looks like a South American player playing football. You've got Christ the Redeemer. And you've got just a random couple on holiday, who I'm fairly certain don't feature in this. A library photo of a couple in Panama hats looking out to sea in what would have been a standard wish you were here panning shot in the 90s. I mean, it looks shit is the thing. It's like, it, nothing about that cover says buy me. It looks like those, you know, those birthday cards that your grandma would get you just of a watercolour of a generic footballer. <laughs> Even though it's got football on it, it's the least football way to present football. It's an absolute mystery, this one. I think by this point in the trilogy, they've given up. I think he signed a three-book deal. And by this point, it's like, well, let's just get this out. Well, also, the footballer and Christ the Redeemer are both pretty integral to the story. The couple on holiday in Panama hats imply a romantic side quest which we are not given. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up on that front. Also, just on the quality of the paper and the printing, once you look inside the front cover and you see that first page, I would say I've not seen printing like that since I went to church. And that would have been a good 30 years ago. I mean, that is just hymn sheet crap. I mean, that looks like tracing paper. It's Times New Roman. <laughs> Everything about it looks so cheap. And yet, Forty, yeah. thanks in part to this podcast, these are some of the most highly sought-after manuscripts on the internet. Yeah. People are paying some quite significant sums of money for this unbelievably tawdry. <laughs> <laughs> How much are we talking? 200, 300 quid, isn't it? More now. More? I, think. I think you'd struggle to get a copy of Defender for less than three or four hundred pounds unless the bottom has fallen out of said market but someone sent these in to us i don't know if you can see on chapter one on the top right there's a sort of small kind of looks like a sticker just beyond the page yeah, it looks like a medical wristband what i've got is a sheet piece of glass from ikea that i've sort of placed down on top of the book each time and had to take a photo of every single page <laughs> like in a kind of old-fashioned pan and scan type system and then send the book back because no one was willing to part with the book for longer than a week or two i've since tried to buy copies of the book and the cheapest i've ever found it is book one it was 170 quid i think i paid that for book is one. mad isn't it if you try to buy the rights because you've got all the text you could just transcribe it if you're Brucey and you get a letter going, we'd like to make the film version of Striker, you're putting that straight in the bin. With the greatest respect, write a better letter than that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him that you're genuine fans and that there's a lot of warmth and there's a community out there with people that are obsessed that these yeah. copies are changing down to two, three hundred pounds. Let him into this magical world. I think the problem is there's such a kind of ecosystem of ridicule that surrounds these books and Steve's role in them, of which we have contributed a large part, I'd <laughs> yes, say. You know, were we to send that letter and Steve were to go back and listen to the three episodes on the main feed, I think we're getting a very impolite no. OK, what I would say is write a well-worded letter. I'm happy to help you draft it. Yes. Meet with Bruce. Explain to him that within the fondness is contained a very modern attitude towards warmth, which is a level of ridicule that is all within the context of total respect. <laughs> Bring him into that world first, then let him listen to them. You've got to treat him like a rescue dog. <laughs> I would absolutely not say listen to the previous chapter-by-chapter read-throughs. In fact, don't listen to any content we've turned out on this podcast around these books. Has there ever been a more politician's phrase used on this podcast than a very modern attitude towards warmth? <laughs> absolutely horrible stuff. 
if you were bullied at school because you'd written your own graphic novel or something and the person who bullied you the most then got in touch a few years later and said, actually, um, do you mind if I make a film of that graphic novel you wrote at school that I ruined your life about for five years? I've got a very modern attitude towards warmth. <laughs> I can't wait to hear these words. Just the treat to be able to be present at effectively the audiobook recording. Yes. To have a front row seat. What a privilege. We're going to ease you in gently, I think. I'll read the first chapter. But let's begin. Here it is. Chapter one, Steve Bruce's Defender. For God's sake, do we want promotion or don't we? Promotion, the forbidden word. I smiled. It's not funny, Steve, Jock said. Tell me something I don't know, I replied. I'd been trying to get away from the pressures of chasing promotion. I'd insisted to the players and anyone else who would listen that it was a matter of taking each match by itself. Sure, I want promotion. I want to see this club up there with the giants of the game where we belong. I should say he, he manages Leddersford, which is basically Huddersfield. I've got the shirt. I remember you giving me one of the white Adidas shirts. So I literally do have the T-shirt. Perfect to have 4D here for this as well, because 4D, you've, up until last year, you've known what it's like to be a sleeping giant knocking on the door of the Premier League, or not even knocking, just lurking in the shadows of the second division. It's so funny you say that, because I was just about to say, what I will say for the start of this is, I really emotionally identify with it. I can really sense his character's drive to get out of that bloody league. <laughs> he's absolutely right. And do you know what I like is the kind of tell me something I don't know. Like, he's immediately laying down a marker. Like, he's sick of dealing with people quoting the obvious. There's too many hangers-on at this club already. I would say so far, the writing is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> what a review of the first two paragraphs. <laughs> two paragraphs and I'm in. I'm like, I see that world. I get his attitude. He's sick of dealing with these people. Wow. Vivid. That's because you're picturing the wrong Steve. You're picturing Cooper, not Barnes. <laughs> sure, I want promotion. I want to see this club up there with the giants of the game where we belong. The search for promotion is the club's grand strategy, but it cannot be allowed to intrude into every aspect of life, and certainly not as far as every minute on the training ground. As far as the members of the squad and coaching staff are concerned, the only strategy that matters was to take three points from Brideford next Monday. Take it one game at a time. I'd impress this on everybody, not least Jock Durham. On that name, is that a recurring character? No, nope. never heard of him before, have we? I love that he's gone, right? I need something that sounds Scottish and Northern. <laughs> Jock Durham. It's obviously like Jack Charlton. He's thought you need like a surname that sounds like a football club and a place. Wallop. The thing is, well, with a lot of Brucey characters, they are based on real people. If you think about it long enough, you will figure out who it is. I can't remember Jock Durham. We'll see if we can figure out who he is. And now here he was, shouting the forbidden word. I smiled because I understood. He's enthusiastic, cares about the players in the club. Jock Durham is all heart. That's why he's a member of my coaching team. My trusted assistant. I'd say this far into page one, Jock Durham will, will betray him at some point. I can feel it. I can feel it. The seeds have been planted. I think also he's probably based on like an Archie Knox style old yeah. school assistant manager. We were at the training ground. There were two things to put right and not much of the season left. The two things, a lack of goals and a weak defence. That's like one of those jokes you go, there's only one thing I need to sort out and that's everything. <laughs> it's like a kind of, it's like a joke someone have on a t-shirt. Impressive to be knocking on the door of promotion with yeah. no goals and a weak defence. <laughs> Maybe it's not the hardest league in the world.
Let's get that right. By weak defence, I don't mean to slag off individual players. There's nothing wrong with them. I mean, they're allowing too many opponents to get in behind. Each player has skill and enthusiasm. They're all motivated. Jock and I make sure of that. The problem is they are not working as a unit. Mind you, it is difficult to work as a unit when a central part of the unit is missing. I was still waiting for an explanation of why Cabral was absent from training. Cabral, he's an important figure in this book. I remember that much. What's clever about this, actually, is that immediately you just think of the teams that you watch, even now. You know, we're reading this probably 30 years after this thing was published. And you immediately are like, he's absolutely right. Even when he's talking about this fictional club, I'm like, they don't work as a unit. Like, even as a fictional fan of Leathersford, I'm like, he's spot on. That's the problem. We have got some good players, but it's, it's about getting them to click. <laughs> even as a fictional fan of Leathersford. <laughs> A level of investment you couldn't possibly have dreamed of from 40. That's fantastic. I'm so into this. I genuinely thought the writing was going to be way worse than it. And I know we were at the start and he's laying pipe and he's on album three, but I'm kind of impressed so far. Are you livid with Cabral, 40, for being absent? Oh, he's a piece of shit. He's not fit to wear this shirt. And this is what the fans don't get to see. They love Cabral. They shout his name on the terraces. He's not even turning up for training sometimes. There's an intimacy to the way he talks to the reader here. He's really talking to us like we're part of the setup, which is what I like. So he's not giving you post-match interview tripe. We are a trusted confidant in this story. And I quite like that. I'm like, oh, he's brought us into the club. And what have we done with that trust? We have thrown it back <laughs> in his face. <laughs> All right. Like right now, we were playing attack and defence, an old game played by boys and men for at least 100 years. Excellent in old back alleys where there was a lack of space. Excellent too on the training ground where tactics are important. Ideally, we should go into every match prepared for whatever is thrown up. In practice, as I know very well as a player and now as a coach, there's always something unforeseen. Well, you can't prepare for the unforeseen, but you can prepare for everything else. That is why we spend hours most days on the training ground, planning moves, executing moves, refining those that don't seem to be working. In all this, my assistant, Jock Durham, is worth his weight in gold. He never played at the top level, as I did, but he has experience and the common sense, and he is still fired up with immense enthusiasm. That carries over to the players. They want a coaching team that cares, cares about success, about promotion, but also cares about the players off the field as well as on it. Call him round, Jock, I said. He has a loud voice and can be sure of being heard. That voice, in so small a man, is quite surprising. Loving Jock, isn't he? This is so British. <laughs> the value placed on common sense, on passion and pride, just oozes out of every syllable on this page. As I was reading that, I can almost hear the national anthem in the distance. Yeah. That voice, oh. in so small a man, is quite surprising. As soccer players go, Jock is quite short. A good nine inches shorter than me. He is squat and tough, <laughs> like a terrier, like the central defender he used to be. He's older than I am, but his hair remains jet black and thick. He has straight black sideburns too. The years have been kind to Jock Durham. I like how he's basically saying I'm better looking than him, just by saying <laughs> that the other guy's ugly. We're basically the same, but he's short, fat, and has facial warts. And his breath is bad. Whoever he's got in mind, if it is Jack Charlton or someone else, he obviously, Bruce believes himself to be a more handsome man than this person when he's writing this. But he has said that the years have been kind to him and he's still got jet black hair. Is Jock dying it? How can he have jet black hair? The conclusion doesn't fit the rest of the report, does it? He's basically gone, he's short, he's fat, he's ugly. 
Women love it. But my God, he's getting black hair and his son hurts. <laughs> OK, lads, listen carefully, I said when the members of the squad had gathered round. Anybody heard anything about Cabral? I wasn't expecting that. We've lost our star player. Anyone got any idea what's going on? <laughs> I don't think it's Guardiola. I think I remember seeing that Guardiola documentary, All or Nothing, and he was like, the players always have to believe, even if you don't feel it yourself, that you're in control of a situation. Right. I don't think the manager pulling everyone together and going, I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> Does anyone know? <laughs> Surely not going to fill a squad with confidence. <laughs> nice training, boys. Nice drills. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> <laughs> They expressed their ignorance, some with a shake of the head, others with a shrug of their shoulders. Jacko, Jackamin, known to everybody as Jacko, is our anchor man in the central defence. He struck up a good understanding on the field with Cabral, and I've heard they are mates off it. Jacko also shook his head. Steam rose from their perspiring bodies. Homoerotic? Most florid sentence in the, all of these books so far, I think. Is there much homoeroticism in the trilogy? No, I'd say it's very much the opposite. That's a big statement, that. You know, I see them also almost as horses in a Guinness advert. You know, there's something about majestic about this scene. He's obviously remembered this fondly. I bet you, if you had said to Steve Bruce, just take us back to those training days on maybe an autumn morning. What do you remember? And I bet he would say... The steam on the The steam rising body. from perspiring bodies and just the sheer smell, he would say. Well, listen to the next couple of sentences. They all seemed fit and eager. I envied them. I always enjoyed the cut and thrust of a training session, whether as a young apprentice with Gillingford, Gillingham, a regular first-team player at Northton, or at the highest level when I was skipper and centre-half with Mulcaster United. Of course, some of the names have been changed. I used to get up at dawn and do an hour in the gym before even considering breakfast. In fact, after the rigours of exercise, I didn't want to eat, and the most I could get down was a pot of tea and a toasted brown bread. I'm no longer in the peak of physical condition, but I've no need to be. For more than 20 years, I kept to a strict regime of fitness, diet and regular sleep patterns, all very necessary in an athlete, which is what top soccer players are today. But after many years, it becomes a chore. Now, as I approach my 40s, I'm able to indulge myself in a variety of ways. I don't spend an hour in the gym at first light or at any other time of the day. All the exercise I need, I get on the training ground. That always seems like pleasure and never a chore because it is competitive. I don't have to remind you, lads, that every game's a cup tie. Jock mentioned promotion. OK, let's address that point. A draw is not a point one, but two points lost. We can still do it. It doesn't matter what place in the playoffs we make. Every game will be hard. Just on this, it is really lovely the image of the manager on the training ground barking at the players. I remember seeing an interview with Sir Alex Ferguson where he said the best thing about being a football manager, getting out on the training pitch first thing in the morning and being outdoors and the smell of freshly cut grass, experiencing that every day, just being outside. He said that was the biggest pleasure. Often gets overlooked. I can totally see that. Because you know what it is? is, is obviously when you're at a game, obviously that's when the pressure is on and the eyes of the world are there and that's where every mistake is punished. But the work behind the scenes, just being up early... Being with a group of lads that you broadly kind of like, you're in charge. It must be the closest thing you get to playing on the park as kids in adult life. Yeah. There must be a carefree element to training that's quite nice. Yeah, I mean, also, it's given what a, a slight sort of physical punchline Steve Bruce in his latter years became to uh, a certain kind of football fan who expressed their warmth in a non-standard way. This image of him <laughs> as first one in the gym sort of hour-long sesh at the start of the day, then basically barely even any breakfast either because he just wanted to keep kicking through it. It's hard to completely square that late 90s Bruce with the retired 
slightly embittered man that we've grown used to in the last couple of years. But what is fascinating is already the excuse has crept in, I don't need to be fit anymore. He's already, and this is back then, saying... Yeah, and he's in his 30s at this point. Yeah, I don't need to be running anymore. <laughs> and you can see how that attitude informed his behaviour in the coming decades and led him to where he is. I mean, if anything, we're seeing the genesis of the Bruce mindset, of his internal monologue. I bet this is more revealing of Steve Bruce's mind than any autobiography would be. Yeah, there are themes. Well, Michael, you read the your actual autobiography and these, and I think you said there are themes like the chip on his shoulder around his education and things like that. You get a sense of Bruce in these books. Yeah, I'd be amazed if he hadn't contributed significantly to these books or the person read Steve Bruce's autobiography and just channeled those psychological beats of his lack of education. I'd say if this isn't Steve Bruce's words on the page and his feelings towards football, sometimes his wife, certainly his car then there's a dramatic license that's been taken here that I think legally would be slightly problematic. I believe Steve Bruce has either written or signed off so much of what goes on in these three books. And there's nothing that anyone can say that won't be changed that. Whoever's written this has done what the Native Americans feared photography would do, is that they have captured his soul and preserved it forever. <laughs> I totally now understand their aversion to being snapped. Because there is something so voyeuristic about having so much of someone's character readily available for eternity. What we've done with these books is we've turned up with a blanket full of smallpox. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget, we'll be dropping another excerpt from a bonus episode next week. And this time, once again, you can decide what episode we're selected you've got three choices they're all watch-alongs you can have my summer with des born to save the peter shilton story or nick hancock's football nightmares to vote head on over to the quickly kevin twitter that's twitter dot oh it's called x now isn't it you know what i mean forward slash quickly kevin it'll be over there choices are my summer with devs the peter shilton story nick hancock's football nightmares we'll leave a poll up you vote for your favorite we'll be having an excerpt from it next week but don't forget as always if you want to get access to every subscriber episode we've ever done in full you can sign up at another slice.com forward slash quickly kevin join the quickly kevin fan club where not on a wink you will get access to pre-sale tickets should a quickly kevin live show be announced that's all i'm gonna say i'm gonna zip it for now Have a great week. We'll see you next week for more Quickly Kevin specials until the new series starts. So until then, Robbie Slater, see you later. (laughs) 